1: this is late tea time the golf betting podcast that finds the best betting value closer to the first shot being struck than anyone else
0: And hello late tea time podders around the world very good to see you again we're coming very late very late and um, tonight, um, ahead of an early start in uh, one of the uh, tournaments that we're looking forward to, the Farmers, is uh, the uh, first one we're going to be looking at, then one that I can't pronounce, which we're going to get DT to announce, and um, that we're going to be looking at a second. Um, but good to have you here.
1: DT, how are you? Since I saw you last good. night? <laughs> yes, I'm still
0: well. How are you? After your Hi. birthday? It was my birthday today. DT was very nice. We we were doing something else last night, and we were on air. And DT brought me ke- birthday cake. Yes. I mean, what a nice man he is. What a Thank nice you. man he is. Anyway, and we
1: had some success last week, didn't we? We did. Um, we had the, the one-two in the um, Dubai Desert Classic. We put up two picks: Rory McIlroy and Adrian Moronk, first and second. Yeah, I mean, we
0: we went Rory all different types of ways. but Rory was 3-1 to to win it, and he did. And Adrian Moronk was 22-1. to We had him six places. We easily got the place. So uh, a a result.
1: Yeah, I mean, we said with Rory there were other ways, as you say. But um, we did say to sort of weight your staking plan, put a chunk on the win bet, and then have a bit more on these side bets of leading after all four rounds. In in fact, he he did the virtual opposite to that, didn't he? Came from way back at... Halfway. I think I saw that he touched twenty to one, maybe at one point. Yeah. Um and then he stormed through on Saturday uh to get in contention and then completed the job on Sunday. So yeah, well done Rory.
0: He was I don't know which golf pundit it was, but I saw some many tweets. It's typical Rory to have kind of been leading in the in the, the week before and then ended up not doing it, and then being miles back and coming through to win the uh the, the second week. So uh that's the kind of thing
1: Rory McIlroy does. He never makes it easy for himself, does he really? Yeah, there's always some sort of drama normally at some point, but uh, yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, he does love that tournament, doesn't he? That's his uh, fourth win, so we'll we'll see that this week when we discuss some of the uh, some of the events. Well, the Farmers in particular, that is a a tournament that uh, the same players seem to win.
0: This is late tea time, the golf betting podcast. I've brought it up on the screen. Farmer's Insurance Open is the first one we're going to be looking at. Before we do, hello to Stephen Ford, who said hello on the uh, the live stream. So hello to you, Stephen. Nice to have you here. And a so, no, few people watching at the moment, so good to have you with us. But um, the Farmer's Insurance Open, I'll bring you the uh, the prices up along the bottom for this one. These were from a few hours ago, but they're probably going to be roughly the same. Zander Schaffelet, 10 to 1. Colin Murakawa, 11s. So you've got Patrick Cantlay at 12 to 1. Max Homer, 14s. Ludwig Eberg is 22. One Sanjay Im 22s, Jason Day 25s. Same for Tony Finnau and Min Woo Lee's at 25s as well. The rest are bigger. We always say we come as late as possible, but uh, we're kind of a day earlier, but we're as late as possible
1: because this one kind of starts at a weird time, doesn't it? Mm, yeah, because of the uh NFL playoffs, they kind of shunt this one forward a day. I think they've done that the last three years. So we're Wednesday to Saturday this week, so we're doing this pod. Uh, tuesday night so get your bets on because it starts uh tomorrow uh wednesday that is so uh so yeah so we've had to just not rush but just sort of be on our game a little bit more and obviously they move everything forward so we have we have had some interviews which uh, i've been through uh they've just literally just come in and fairly in the last couple of hours i've been looking at those and it has produced a couple of bets james Okay, there's
0: a sorry. Just before we get onto those, there's a target just above your head that I'm dying to shoot something up. Anyway, um, on the on the wall behind you. But anyway, we'll, we'll leave um, that.
1: It it's Keith Moon from the Who. It's like a mod target, like a canvas that I've got of Keith. Well, Moon. Well, next
0: week I'm going to get a bow and arrow and see if I can get it right into the middle.
1: <laughs> anyway, the uh, the press conference is where's that let us? You'll love this because this is kind of what we do, isn't it? This is the old high school connection. Um, it involves Michael Kim. Okay Kim with him to enjoy the Kim's on this podcast. But I don't know if you've seen Michael Kim on Twitter slash X. He's got one of the best accounts going. He just says lots of interesting stuff on there, tells you about his game, tells you little inside bits. So he's worth checking in any event. But for this week, um, they've actually brought him in for interview and he just kind of fleshed out some of his thoughts. So I thought this was quite interesting. I mean this some of this is known, but it's always good to see what the very latest sort of take on it is. So he said, Torrey Pines is where I grew up playing, went to Torrey Pines High School. So I'm always excited to come back. It's almost a dream come true. The dream is actually to win this thing, so we'll see. Pebble Beach, which is next week, that's further up the the West Coast, um, is also another obviously really cool place, having gone to school at Cal near there. Um, And then he talks about um, his game at the moment, he says, Heading into the Sony, um, his game was a bit inconsistent, but short game got him through. But he did find something when he played the Amex last week, um, which was a confidence booster, he said. I mean, th- these are all words and it's all good, but obviously we want to see tangible results from what he's saying. And he's got them because last week he was sixth at the American Express, uh, shot a 63 and a pair of 65. If you look at his last six events, actually, it's, it's a sort of strange career. He's... He won an event and then just disappeared off the planet, but he's really found some consistency in recent months. So if you look back at his last six events, he's got a pair of top sixes and a further a further pair of top 25s. He's made five of his six cuts in this event, best of 23rd, which is not amazing, but I don't think he's ever come into this event, his home event, in such good form. And then Pebble Beats that he mentioned, another tournament close to his 11th there uh, last year. So he does play well on his native West Coast. And I don't think, he, as I say, I don't think he's ever come into this event showing more confidence. So I thought he was a good bet. Um You haven't retweeted us, DT. Can you do that whilst I uh, tell the, uh, the
0: listeners uh, Michael Kim's price? Yes. Is, uh, 125 to 1 is his best price for Michael Kim. Um, yes. But you can get him 90 to 1 um with... Uh William Hill, I think, with for eight places there. So uh, kind of you you takes your price or so you takes your places there. But ninety to one, um eight places with William Hill seems to be the best win. If you're gonna go in uh, go to him in the win markets rather than top twenty I mean the obviously top twenty, top thirty, and all of those yeah. are kind of available for you, but
1: um, ninety to one, eight places with William Hill on the outrights. Yeah, I think he's, I mean, sometimes we say, just look to top 20, but he's playing well enough that he could land a sort of top eight, which would get him into the each way money. Well, so, was yeah. it was um,
0: two or three weeks ago, you went Kim crazy, didn't you? We had two Kims going for us. And when I was looking at the leaderboard, it was Michael Kim that was actually yeah. playing better. Um,
1: yeah. So we we, we yeah. finally
0: caught up with it and got Michael yeah. Kim onto we've the got, late yeah. tea time podcast betting
1: slip. Yeah, Michael Kim we've got on side. And as I say... He, he's shown flickers every now and again, but now this is a sustained comeback and he's in really good form, so um, it'll be great. And this this event, it's a really good one for the locals. I know, I know we sort of lean on this local angle quite a bit, but they interviewed Max Homer literally half an hour before we came on to do this podcast and he was saying how he, he's a local. He used to come down here um, when he was at school and college and watch Tiger play because Tiger won this event seven times, Amazingly. Won the US Open here on one leg, famously, when he was absolutely crocked. Yeah, Max Homer's got, got that thing. And it's just, there's a lot, you go down through the winners down the years and you've got all sorts of Californian players doing well. So hopefully Michael Kim can add to that tradition. Obviously Tiger himself, but yeah,
0: yeah. born
1: in California, as was Phil Mickelson who went here a few times. So it's, it, it, it is a thing. Are, are we interested in Max Homer because of that as well then? Well, he's the defending champion. He's a little bit short, really. I think yeah. you've got him at 14s. So, yeah, yeah, he should go well, but, it, you know, he doesn't leap out as a special bet. I think he quite a bigger price last year. So, yeah, we'll we'll leave him for now. I like him, though. He's, I, I like him as a goalie. He's a good fellow, yeah. You talk actually, about Max, people on social media. He's another yeah. one, isn't he? Well, actually, Michael Kim said it was because of Max Homer that he thought, oh, I could do a bit more with my, yeah. my social media. So, yeah, Max Homer was a bit of a trailblazer on that front. So, hopefully... Michael Kim follows him into the winner's circle here. That would be a nice way. That's the first tractor off the rank then for the Farmers Insurance Open. Have we got another one? We have, yes. We have, yes. Go for it. Um, Keegan Bradley. Ah, okay. Keegan Bradley, yes, um, who you have typed out. I saw his name going across there um, a little while ago. I copied Um, and pasted rather than typed. Well, however you got there, his name is up there. Don't reveal behind the magician's cloth. So Keegan Bradley, um, one little thing he pointed out was he said the rough is insane. I don't know if they haven't been able to cut it because of how wet it is. He said, I would assume they're going to try and cut it because it's chip out, it's US Open style rough. So we'll see. They said that to Max Homer actually, and he said, yeah, it is is playing wet at the minute, but he thinks it'll dry out. Um, But if you did kind of follow that inside course knowledge, you might go for a, a big straight hitter more than you might have done. But Keegan Bradley can give it a wallop, so that's fine. He says, I love the Farmers I'm Tory Pines. The course is tough. The atmosphere is great. I love coming back here. I'm coming up on some courses that I love and a stretch of the schedule that I love. So I feel I'm in great shape. I'm in a great spot to go out and have another great week. He's trying. He says he's trying to climb the world rankings. He's got a best ever of 10th. He wants to get better than that. And he also revealed that in the off-season... The thing he worked on was his chipping, so he did, he did a lot of that. He feels he needs that to be sharper, to contend in majors and on tough courses like this. And again, I, I just checked to see if it had actually you know, worked, and he was seventh for scrambling um, at the Sony Open last time. So, yeah, yeah it does seem the hours he's put in. So, again, it's like these are good words, but what's he been doing? Well, he was runner-up a couple of weeks ago at the Sony Open, had the 54-hole lead, and then on this course – he was also runner up last year. He was fifth in 2018, fourth in 2017. So, absolutely loves the course. He's banging form. It's not often you may, you can get because sort of, it, it's a good field. I mean, 33 to 1, I think it's a really quite a big price. Yeah. To if you go down the same William
0: Hill route for eight places, you can get him at 28s, 33 to 1, six places elsewhere.
1: Yeah, this time, I know sometimes we go for the bigger price. This time, uh, the, the sort of better place. This time, I want to go for the 33. It's when I want to get the biggest price I can, really. So Keegan Bradley is the
0: other name, the other tractor off the rank on the uh, Farmers. I like that joke. And Farmers Insurance
1: Open. Is that was done with the Farmers? Yeah, there are two picks, Michael Kim and Keegan Bradley. This is Late Tea Time, the last word in golf betting with James Butler and Dave Tyndall.
0: Raz Al Khaima Championship. I'll try. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but that's how I'm going to pronounce it. The Raz Al Khaima Championship. And uh, if we look at the uh, top end of the market in this one, I've not got it on the screen, uh, but Rasmus, Rasmus Huygaard is uh, 11 to 1. Thorbin Olsen is uh, in their 18s. You've got Jordan Smith, 18s. Tristan Lawrence is 22s. Xander Lombard, 22s. 25 to 1 for Yannick Paul. Laurie Cantor, his 30s and the rest are a little bit bigger than that. But uh, where, who do you fancy, DT?
1: Yeah, well, the good news is someone you've not read out yet. So ah, big, um, good. Big price uh, then. Bigger price. And the man in question is Hao Tong Li, uh, the Ooh. Chinese player, um, who was tremendously entertaining. I, I watched all of the last round of um, the Dubai Desert Classic. He was fantastic. He was, was a bit kind of all over the place at times, but... Yeah. Holding some great putts. He was just laughing his head off when one putt went in to pull off a ridiculous par save. Really popular guy who who did um, he did get quite high in the world rankings at one point, but his game then vanished. Um, but he's coming back. So he was talking about that. He was interviewed uh, today, Tuesday. He says, I was talking about kind of this journey he's had to come back on. He was saying, I was trying super hard. I played every single day during the winter time. So many people behind me, parents, friends, telling me how good I am, reminding me I can do this. I've been thinking that if I'd worked this hard and still couldn't make it, perhaps I should find something else to do. But the results tell me I can keep going. It's good to be here playing golf. It's such a nice thing to do. What a lovely man. Worst things to do, aren't they, really? Yeah, exactly. It's not exactly going down the pit, is it? No. So, yeah, not surprising he's in a good mood because he's played in both... um, Dubai events uh, since the, the, the season got going. 14th in the Dubai Invitational, 7th in the Dubai Desert Classic last week. Uh, so that's a great trajectory he's on, isn't he? Um, he said, definitely from those two weeks in Dubai, I gained a lot of confidence. I'm now making myself more and more comfortable. I'm really looking forward to playing this week. Good memories from two years ago when I was third. So okay. he's played this course really well before as well. He said last week, it, it, um, or maybe some of the commentators were saying, he's kind of hooked up with this South African uh, coach, Jamie Goff, who seems to have had a really good effect on uh, lots of players. And then, you, again, you can see in his numbers that those two Dubai events, he was fifth and tenth, respectively, for strokes going approach. So hitting his irons really well. He's also first for strokes Put putting last week. Um, so he's... Some of the putts he was holding were, were amazing, really. Um, he's just He's got the kind of mojo. He's got the sort of buzz about him again. And he does. he's pretty fearless once he's going for it. So on the honesty thought, I mean, I know I did pay particular attention to him last week because he did so well, because he was up there a long time. I thought, well, in a much weaker field, the odds aren't going to be great. But they're not bad, are they? No, no, You're going to no, no. tell me, aren't you? Well, oh, 50, 51 50 to one, to one yeah.
0: six places. Um, yeah. Unibet is the one that stands out. You can get, obviously, slightly lesser price for a few more places, maybe seven places. But um, 50 to one, six places. Unibet, I think that's that's the probably the, the standout.
1: Yeah, again, there's other sort of variations with price and places. But, yeah, I want to go for the 50 to one. That's a tremendous price. Yeah. I know it can. Some of his driving went a bit wonky at times last week. Um, and this is a course where you probably need to be quite straight. But he's played it in the past and was third. And then last year it kind of didn't quite go that way. People didn't drive it that that straight. Who finished in the top you know, two or three? So it's more the it's more the kind of feeling and the form I think that counts here. Yeah. So on a on a course that he knows he plays well on, coming in here with those two good performances in Dubai, with a big smile on his face, Tong Lee, I think he can do a bit of damage this week. So 50s is a great price. It does make a difference, doesn't it? If a person in any sport
0: plays and looks like they're enjoying themselves, it just warms you to them, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I've just watched the Ted Lasso episode where yeah. the captain... I've got, I've got was- him into Ted Lasso. Yeah, um, I've, I've
1: watched all three seasons. I've come telling to telling it him it's really good and now he's yeah. addicted to it. But I've just watched the one where the captain was getting a bit grumpy, so Roy Kent took him back to... Kind of basics, just playing with some lads, and found his enjoyment again. And I thought, oh, that's sort of timed well, isn't it, for yeah. a bet on how Tong Lee? Because it's a similar thing happening. Happy again—that counts for so much, as you say. Absolutely. So, uh, anything else for
0: the uh, Raz Al kaima or are we done for this week?
1: Yeah, we're going to stick with that one. Just how
0: Tong Lee there. So, hopefully, we can uh, add to our uh, winning credentials from last week and uh, maybe uh, either Michael Kim, 90 to 1, eight places with William Hill, uh, Max Homer, maybe 14 to 1, but a bit short for DT's palette. Keegan Bradley, though, is 33 to 1, six places. Um, kind of around about this number of bookies offering that on Keegan Bradley. So that is at the Farmers Insurance Open that starts tomorrow. So make sure you get your bets on. When I to say tomorrow, depending on when you're listening to this, Wednesday, and <laughs> yeah, um, that starts. And How uh, Tong Lee, fifty to one,
1: six places Unibet. Is that a normal Thursday start for that one? Yeah, yeah very early. Thir- very early Thursday morning because it's in the, the United Arab Emirates. Uh, So, yeah, yeah, you need to get your bets on if you're in the UK Wednesday night before you go to bed. Yeah,
0: so uh, they're the tournaments this weekend, everybody. Um, Thank you, DT, as always. Always good to see you. And uh, we uh, will be back again at some stage next week and uh, trying to bring you some more winning bets on the Late Tea Time podcast, everybody. Um, Gamble responsibly. This has been a sports broadcast media production. And uh, we will see you again next time always gamble responsibly visit begambleaware.org for more information
1: sports social podcast network